This morning is a very, very important day in the lives of three little wonderful people, and I'm just really excited for us to be here together to celebrate that. And this is Baby Dedication Sunday. So we have these regularly because, you know, they're regularly um, children being born, and we believe in bringing our children to the Lord in an actual day, in a ceremony, in a, an actual setting to dedicate them to the Lord. And we're going to see the scriptural reference to that in just a moment. But the Bible says to train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when they're old, they won't run away from that. It actually says that in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. If you have your Bibles with you, you can look at that. And I don't know if Mike, Michael told you guys or not, but we have an app that you can download. And is this TV on? Okay, so um, it looked completely dark. Um, You can do the Bible and the app as well. But it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. But if I look this word up, um, preparing for this message, train up literally means dedicate. So the next screen, it says, dedicate a child. There should be another D in dedicate, I'm pretty sure, Jesse. Um, A child in the way, it means a road, the distance, the journey, the manner. How many of you know that life isn't just, you know, beginning and an end, but there's all of these twists and turns and over the hills and through the valleys, and that whole journey is the journey that we want them to go into. So we don't believe that you can bring a child and just sprinkle water on them and say, okay, now you're saved and everything's going to be fine, that your whole world, your entire life will be wonderful. We believe that you have decisions that you have to make, just like I had a decision that I had to make. And no one can make that decision for me. I have four children, and I would love to make all their decisions in advance for them and make it the ones that I want them to be, right? But two of them are sitting here, and I can tell you that they would not agree with all the decisions that I make for them, right? And the other two would probably agree as well. So we don't make all the decisions for our children. We can't make the decision of whether or not they're going to accept Christ or not at birth. But what we can do is we can bring them and we can dedicate them to the path, to the journey, and put them on that. And that is the whole purpose of today. The next, um, another version of this says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. Now, I will tell you that as I dug a little bit deeper into this, when it says old or older, it literally means gray hair, which is scary because I don't want to wait until my children have gray hair before they get on the path of God that I really desire to see them on, that what is my goal and my desire for them. But this is the promise that God gives us, that if you dedicate your children to the Lord and you really Give them over to God. He will be there with them. That it may take some, some people longer than others to get it and to come back, but it says they will not depart from it. My wife, Lenore, when she had um, her first son, Alec, she was struggling with, you know, was he going to live or die when he was in the hospital? He stayed in the hospital for a long time, and she was just really, really upset about it. And as you can imagine, just like worried about it and couldn't stop thinking about it all the time. And she said that there was a moment in which God says, Lenore, as much as you love him, I love him more. As much as you bore him, you had him, you birthed him, he's mine. So, Lenore, I want you to trust me with him. So that's the same thing that we're saying today as we dedicate these three beautiful people 
to the Lord, we're saying, God, the moms will be up here and say, I, I birthed them, but God, I'm giving them to you. I'm trusting you with them because as much as you love me, as much as I love them, you love them. So we're going to look at where we get the scriptural principles, and then I know they're all just can't wait to get up here, and we have some beautiful little certificates for them. But I want you to see the story of Hannah in the Bible. So if you'll turn the Bible with me to 1 Samuel, verse 1. Now, a bunch of names in here. I'm not going to try and pronounce all of them. It says, there was a man named Elkanah. Ah, I was listening to the pronunciation a little bit ago, and it's like, gee. Elkanah, he lived in this place in the hill country, and he was a son of somebody, and another son of somebody. And anyway, verse 2, he had two wives, Hannah and Paniah. So he has got two wives. I'm not promoting that. I'm not endorsing that. I can't imagine living life with more than the one beautiful wife who I believe is watching the stream. So she told me I have to give a shout out to Lenore. So Lenore, we love you. Wish you were here. You can never leave again. I'm just saying. So he had two wives, though, Hannah and Paniah, and Paniah had children, but Hannah did not. Now, in that time in history, you were judged as a woman whether or not you had a high standing by whether or not you had children. So if you didn't have children at all, or if you didn't have many children, you were a lower-class citizen. You were worthless because you weren't able to contribute to the family growing, So this was a very difficult place for Hannah, and it was a very difficult place that she found herself in regularly. In verse 4, they went to church to present their sacrifice, and when they did, her husband would give portions of meat to Paniah and each of her children. So he gave them this whole feast to go and do. And although he loved Hannah, verse 5 says, he would only give her one choice portion. So he gave us the little thing because the Lord had not given her any children. So Paniah would, haunt, would taunt Hannah and make fun of her. Isn't that a terrible place to be? Can you imagine being that person that is just struggling and people are just making fun of you because of this thing you can't control? Here she wants a child more than anything in the world, and she can't have a child, and someone's ridiculing her because of that. So Paniah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Paniah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle or church, and each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Isn't that terrible? Then this, this scripture cracks me up. I mean, I love the, the, the way God just gives us everything in the Bible, but this cracks me up. Her husband comes to her and says, Hannah, why are you crying? Why aren't you eating? Why are you so downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that enough? I mean, really, seriously. I mean, that's such a guy thing to say. Like, you don't need children. You got me. I mean, what else? I mean, honey, Lenore, you got me. But we have children. But they, anyway, you know, just can you imagine? I mean, that's not going to help her situation. Here she is reduced to tears. Her sister wife is making fun of her and taunting her all the time and just like all this stuff. And he just says, you got me. This is a terrible place, but it cracks me up. Anyway, so after they sacrificed the meal, Hannah got up and went to pray. Now she's not eating. So she, if you can imagine the setting, She's sitting there at dinner, but she's not eating. She's not enjoying anything. She's just kind of enduring through it. 
And I don't know about you, but I've been in some times in some places that I had to endure through and the circumstances around me, people making fun of me and just putting me down and belittling me and just making me feel not welcome. And I just had to endure through. And that's what she did. But Hannah got up to pray when she was able to endure through it. Now, Eli, the priest, he was the chief priest at that time, was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the temple. So he's sitting at the entrance of the church, and he's just out there. This, it's Tuesday for him, all right? He's just there. Just, this is no, just no, every day for him. But Hannah, verse 10, was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. So here we see she's praying and saying, God, please answer my prayer. Solve this issue, this problem for me, and I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to you, his hair will never be cut. And as she was praying, so here she is pouring her heart out to God. Eli saw her and he was watching her. Seeing that her lips were moving but hearing no sound, he thought that she had been drinking. He thought she's drunk. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Now, isn't that terrible? She's at church. She's trying to pray and she's pouring her heart out to God. And the preacher is looking at her and he's judging her. Have you ever had anybody judge you? God forbid a preacher or a man of God come to you and say, oh, well, you're this or you're that, and try and put you in a box. But you see, that's what happened to Hannah. But I love her respect. She didn't lose it. Verse 15, oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. I love her respect. Don't think that I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Remember it said year after year after year, the same thing. She's just been needled. She's just been hurt. She's just been put down. She has no place. She's pouring out everything to God. I love the next verse. In that case, Eli said, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. So here she is. She's in this terrible place of anguish. She's pouring out her heart to God. She's in such distress that as she's praying, she can't even have words coming out of her mouth. She just looks like she's just mumbling something. That's a terrible place to be. She gets judged by the preacher. She replies respectfully to him. And now she comes encountered with God through the preacher. He now says, His version, the Old Testament version, they didn't do it like Jesus showed us to do here. But he came and says, okay, may you go in peace and may God give you what you're asking for. So she came in great distress to God. She met the preacher, walked to the other side, didn't get offended. That was important for her. I love the next verse too. It says, oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat and she was no longer sad. Now, what was the difference? Her situation hadn't changed. She didn't have a kid now. She wasn't any different when she walked out the door than when she walked in except for one thing. What was that one thing? She had encountered God. She'd encountered hope in her situation because the man of God had prayed over her and let 
her know that God had heard her prayer. The entire family, it continues, got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. And when they returned back to Ramah, Elkanah slept with Hannah, and the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. Now, she had him. She's growing him up. Now, she waits a little bit of time to go back. Verse 24, now, when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the temple in Shiloh, took him back to the same place they were at, and they also brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice. After sacrificing, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I'm the woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord, and I asked the Lord to give me this boy And he has granted my request. Verse 28. Now I'm giving him to the Lord. And he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And then they worship the Lord together. That is the basis of where we set the whole thing of what we're about to do. So in just a moment, I'm going to invite Amber to come up first. And we're going to um, dedicate Hayden and Marcus. And then we're going to invite Hannah to come up with Vivian. But I love the last part of this story. It said, Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies, her sister wife, the one who's needling her all the time. And I rejoice because you rescued me. There's no one holy like the Lord. And there's no one beside you. There's no rock like our God. I love how she went from this terrible place of anguish. She's not eating. She's in this horrible, horrible situation to now she's the one standing up. And I just see her at the front of the church with her hands raised and going, my heart rejoices in the Lord. He has made me strong. So I want us to see the difference in when God intervenes and God steps in to our situations. So we are now going to proceed to the baby dedication. So Amber, would you come up here, please, with Hayden and Marcus. We have this wonderful little certificate, and I'm going to tell you what it says on it. There's one for each one of them. It says, baby dedication, we believe God the Father has placed this precious life into our arms, and now with all of our faith, hope, and trust, our strength and love, we, the pastors, elders, and congregation of Church on the Rock Dallas, join Amber and Hannah, in dedication and prayer, believing that every day is numbered and that the Lord commissions his angels to be surrounding and in their child's name. So you guys come on up here. Come on up. That's a big... Can I hold you? Is that all right? I didn't wait for you to answer. Did you notice that? Everyone, this is... Can you tell us your name? My baby. That's your baby? Is your baby? What's your baby's name? Baby. Baby. Well, that's a really easy name to remember, isn't it? Can you tell everybody your name? What's your name? Mommy. Your name's Mommy? Are you Hayden? Hayden. Is that your name? Who's this over here? Is that your brother? Yeah, brother. What's his name? Is it Marcus? Marcus. And what's Mommy's name? Do you know Mommy's name? Uh Is it Amber? You just know everything, don't you? You ready to pray? Well, we believe, can you look at me, sweetie? We believe that God has put his angels all around you, 
And today is a special day for you that God is going to take every day care of you. And every step you take is going to be awesome. Okay? Will you guys just extend your hand and we want to pray. Father God, we just pray over Hayden right now. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you have numbered her days. You know every step that she'll take. You know every decision that she'll make. And Lord, we know that we can't make the decision for her to accept you. But Lord, we know we can put her on the path to get there. Lord, we just speak a blessing over her. And Lord, we dedicate her to you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to switch. I'm going to hold your brother now. Is that okay? Thank you, baby. I haven't got to hold you at all yet. But you're always smiling. Everybody, this is Marcus. He say, hi, Marcus. Say, hey. How old is Marcus now? Five and a half months. About to be six. And how old is? She's two. All right. Well, everybody stretch forth your hand here. Let's pray for Marcus as well. Father, I thank you for Marcus. Lord, I thank you for the blessing that he is in his life. Lord, I thank you that all children are a gift from you. And this one is no exception. Lord, I speak a blessing over him. Lord, in every direction that he takes, Lord, every step of his life, every decision that he makes, that you're going to be right there with him. You're going to help him and guide him. Lord, you'll help Mama to raise these two kids. You'll have direction and she'll know exactly what to do. And when she's pulling her hair out, that she'll remember Hannah and she'll remember to go to you because you have the answers and you're going to take care of her. And I ask you, Lord, to keep your angels around about this precious little boy all the days of his life. And keep him safe in all of his ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There you go, baby. Good. I didn't end up with anything on me. That is so amazing. And here is Hayden's certificate. And there is... Thank you. All right. Can you get down? You need help. Don't forget your baby. Don't leave your baby up here. There you go. You want to jump down? All right, Hannah and Vivi. Can you tell everybody your name? Vivian. Vivian. And how old is Vivian? Mm. You get this finger up. It counts. Oh, not that way. Three. Three. Vivian, I think Auntie Lenore's watching. Can you say hi to Auntie Lenore? She's on the TV. Can you say hi to her? Hi. <laughs> All right. So, Vivi, can we pray for you too? Okay, let's pray over Vivi. Father God, I just thank you for this day in Vivian's life. And Lord, we give her to you. Lord, I just thank you that wherever she goes, whatever her paths are, whatever her steps are, that you're with her every step of the way. Lord, I thank you for every moment we've got to have with her. And Lord, I thank you personally for every moment I've got to be with her. And Lord, we, we continue to ask you for the decisions that are going to be this week. But Lord, we thank you for Vivian, Jay, and that she's going to have a wonderful, wonderful life. And we give her to you. Lord, we ask that you keep the angels around about her to keep her safe in all of her ways. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, here you go. Now, will you guys stretch forth your hand? I want to pray over to Hannah too. Lord, I just thank you for Hannah and Vivian and the, the package that they are. 
And Lord, as this is a very stressful week with some decisions that are yet to be made, Lord, that you would be there with them both. Lord, that you'll give Hannah peace. And Lord, we're asking you for the outcome that we're believing for, that Vivian will be restored to Hannah. And Lord, that they'll be happily ever after, forever and ever and ever. Father, I pray that you would give them all your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you. Vivi, here's your, here's your certificate too. All right, guys. That is yours. All right. I just have a couple more things and we will be done. So we see that Samuel was dedicated to God. Now Samuel ends up living in the temple. So Samuel lives at church now. And chapter 3 of 1 Samuel he continues on. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. So now he lives there. He's working for the chief priest, Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were uncommon. It wasn't very often that God would speak to anybody during that time. So it wasn't normal. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the temple near, in the tabernacle, near the ark. So here Samuel is, Eli's up in his room, and Samuel's sleeping. So he lives at church so much that he's like running around the sanctuary, and, and that, their thing, this would be the holy place, and then there's the holiest of holies back here. So day, uh, Samuel's just over here, just chilling out, and he's just hanging out in the church. Suddenly, the Lord calls Samuel... It says, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli and said, here I am. Did you call me? He goes, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Because I didn't call you, my son. Go back to bed. Samuel didn't know yet the Lord because he'd never had a message from the Lord before. He didn't know what the voice of God sounded like. He didn't know it was God speaking to me. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and called, went to Eli, said, here I am, did you call me? Isn't that kind of humorous? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. See, God hadn't been speaking during this period of time, or they weren't listening to God is another explanation, so much that Eli wasn't even catching on to what God was trying to do here. It took three times. So he told Samuel, go and lie down again, and if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, for your servant is listening. And God began to teach him and gave him words and gave him um, illustrations. He became one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. But this is where it all began. But it began with his mom bringing him to church and saying, God, I'm dedicating him to you. She prepared that path for him to be able to be used by God, to hear God, and to be in church structured that more. You see, all of us have the opportunity to hear from God, but not always do we recognize that it's God. 
In Matthew, we see Jesus' best friend, Peter, is hanging out with Jesus and talking to all disciples, and Jesus is having this dialogue with them. In verse 13 of Matthew 16, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He doesn't often care what anybody's thinking of him or what they're saying, but this time he's trying to do it for a point, so he asks them this question. Verse 14, well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or other of the prophets. And then he asked them, who do you say that I am? Can I suggest to you that's still the question that he's asking today? Even to each one of us, who am I to you? Who do you say that I am? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Is he the one who's helping guide you? Is he the one, just like we prayed over these beautiful children, that they're going to have a relationship with? Who is he to you? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. In other words, Jesus is like, You just got this download from God the Father. You just heard God. You didn't get this on your own. This isn't your human knowledge that's coming. This isn't something someone taught you. Peter, you heard from God. The same way Samuel heard from God in his bedroom. Peter heard from that. So it continues on. Jesus continues in verse 21 to tell them, all the disciples, what's about to happen. And I see him saying, hey, guys, we've had a lot of fun. We've been doing all these things for the last three years. And you've seen people be raised from the dead. You've seen people get their sight back. You've seen, you know, ears grow. You've seen people, all these crazy, crazy things. The feeding of the 5,000. I mean, wonderful, wonderful things. But let me just tell you plainly, it says, it's necessary to go to Jerusalem and He would suffer, Jesus, many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers. And he would be killed, but on the third day, he'd be raised from the dead. He's like, guys, it's about to get real. It's about to be really different than what we've had, but we're going to make it through. And on the third day, I'm going to be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and, and reprimanded Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine who would have that much What's the word I'm looking for? To say to Jesus, Jesus, you shouldn't be talking like that. This will never happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. So in one, one verse, one breath, Jesus like, Peter, you just heard from God the Father. The next breath, Jesus like, get behind me, Satan. See, Peter heard from these voices, but one was God, the other one wasn't. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Can I suggest to you this morning that we are in the same situation? We need to work on hearing God's voice. The first step for these children is for us to dedicate them and to pray over them and and ask God, as we saw in the scripture, we're putting them on that path. But now we have to train them up. I have to be trained because I can hear God in one moment and I can hear the devil in the next. That wasn't always like that for Peter. He got to know the difference. But how do we know the difference? By reading the Bible 
by going to small groups, by plugging into God, by worshiping him. Once you get to know who he is, then you have this better understanding of it all. But I don't want to ever just see things merely from a human point of view. But I want to see it from God's. See, hearing from God begins with being in the right place. Hannah went to the temple. She went to the tabernacle. She went to God's house. She went to church. Not because she was religious. She knew that that was her only place. She knew that was the place she could pour out her heart to God. And when she had the encounter that the man of God made a connection with her and prayed over her, she knew her situation had changed even before it had. Her perspective of life changed. She had this child. She brought this child and dedicated this child to God. And that child went on to be one of the greatest men of God in the Old Testament. But it was all about being postured and put in the right place. Will you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Being in the right place, being in the right posture. It's why we believe in dedicating our babies. Setting them on that path. But that path isn't just for babies. That, ba- that path is for me and that path is for you. See, I'm not talking about joining a church, not even this church. But it's about beginning or renewing a relationship with God. So I don't know where you are in this path that we, rec- that we talked about. I don't know if you were dedicated as a baby or if you missed that. I don't know the choices that have happened. I don't know the things that people have done to you. Maybe you have had situations like Hannah where people ridiculed you and put you down and always belittled everything you did, that you were greatly stressed and anxiety. Maybe you can't even eat as she couldn't. Wherever your place is that you find yourself this morning, the great news is God doesn't want to leave you there. And God has a great solution for you just as he had for Hannah, as he did for Samuel, as he did for Peter, as everyone else in the Bible that we see. So I want to give you this opportunity this morning. I want to ask you, What's your life like with God? If you were to stand before God right now or in the next second, the next moment, what would your answer be to him? If he asked you, why should I let you into my heaven? Would you say, I'm far from God, if I'm being honest? Are you confident that everything's going right? That you've made the right decisions, you're hearing from God. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment. If you want to come to him for the first time, come back to him for another time. He wants us all to be at that place where we're hearing his voice. Because hearing his voice is everything. It changed Hannah's perspective from anguish and despair 
to running out joyful, went back and ate, and her life changed. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to call anybody up front or anything crazy. I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer right where you're at, silently. This is all between you and God. It's not about this church. It's not about me. It's about you and God. If that's you this morning, just simply pray this. I'm going to help you with the words. Say, God in heaven, thank you for sending your son to die in my place. To pay for my sins so I don't have to. I ask you to forgive me for living my life without you. Jesus, please forgive me. I surrender everything to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be number one. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. For Lord, the ones that are in this room right now, the ones watching online, the ones who are listening to the podcast, the ones who are watching the videos on YouTube. However they're at, wherever they're at, Lord, if they prayed that prayer, Lord, I know all of heaven is rejoicing. Lord, for those who aren't quite ready and are not ready to make that step, Lord, I thank you that you are revealing yourself to all of us. Father, I pray for all these babies we dedicated. We bless them once again. But Lord, I pray all of us will be on your path and we'll find ourselves hearing from you over and over again that you lead us in the right way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.